Hello, hello. My name is Dr. Rachel Gainsborough, and I am obsessed with all things short-term rentals, revenue streams, and helping you navigate your career, real estate, and your busiest and most wonderful seasons of life. I'm an immigrant, a pharmacist, a wife, and a mom who took one guest room rental and turned it into a multi-property, seven-figure real estate business, which has also landed us on TV. I'll teach you the real secrets and everything you need to build a short-term rental business that you love. I discuss the hard topics, mistakes I've made, and the mistakes others have made so you don't have to make them for yourself. Financing, automations, acquisitions, low occupancy, scaling, and building your team all while balancing your life are all subjects to be discussed here. Consider me that one best friend you can come to with your short-term rental business questions. So grab your coffee, get comfortable as you get ready to learn and grow with me. This is the Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor Show, the podcast that helps medical professionals, especially burnt out ones, find solace, find success, and a passion in the world of real estate. Today, I am thrilled, and I actually feel truly blessed to have Dr. Kirsten Limmer with us, a Harvard-trained physician in molecular biology, a mom a dancer, a baker, and an app developer. Oh my goodness. Kirsten is also a real estate investor, so she totally gets it. Kirsten, oh my goodness. This has been uh, meant to be here, so to speak, for a while now. So welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Hello to you, my friend. And I'm so happy to have you here because I think your story, your journey has been nothing short of amazing. You know, you had the titles, the accolades, but how do you go from the world of medicine and molecular biology full-time at Harvard and transition to real estate investing? What sparked that transition for you? (laughs) That's a really good question. Um, Okay. So, you know, I think that what initially sparked the passion for investing was actually not an investment per se, but it, you know, turned into one. So when um, I was in residency in Boston, we had one child at the time and we were looking everywhere to rent a place, an apartment. um, And the, the rent algorithm was just not working out. It was like, man, we are going to be spending so much in rent. We needed a three bedroom place. um, And we just could not make it work with our, you know, residency income, which was like peanuts. Um, and, <laughs> and kind of started looking around and like, oh, you know, maybe we should just buy a place. Everybody was like, don't do it. Don't do it. You're only going to be in residency for so long. And then you're going to want to like leave and it's super risky. And, you know, eventually we we're just like, screw it. We're going to, we're going to buy a place. So we bought the like ugliest, ugliest house on this block. That was um, just this beautiful block of like, you know, you know, townhouse, those like brick townhouses that are like so beautiful in Boston where the, your front door opens like right onto the sidewalk. And it was in a great area, um, but really just super ugly house. Um, and so <laughs> we bought it. we like, you know, it was, it had been on the market for a long time. So we got it for a really good price. Um, Whole Foods moved into the area when I was in residency. Oh. So, well, you know how that goes. And <laughs> just right down the block, which was like, well, I guess they know something. Um, and, you know, in our spare time, I would like paint walls and like, you know, knock down 
ugly half walls in our living room. Do do like little like <laughs> knock down half walls. Oh my gosh, I love there it. was like these two half walls. It was like yeah. Sense. But I remember I like took a sledgehammer at one one point. I was post call. I was like, screw it, we're just getting ready. There to you go. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we put lipstick on a pig a little bit in this house. And at the end of residency and training in Boston, um, my husband moved back to San Diego, and we were like, well, let's just like sell the house. And we ended up selling it for this like pretty major profit that. Um, at the time, I mean, it was like more money than we'd ever seen in our lives. Um, we were able to take that huge amount of, um, you know, equity and, and the surplus that we had made and then put it towards our forever home in San Diego. And if anybody here lives in Southern California, you know that buying a forever home in San Diego is no small feat. So that really started us off. And, and it also just more started off the mindset of like, wow. We have we could have worked for years and not made this amount of money in this short time by really just doing nothing. We just lived there, right? Painted a couple of walls and like rode the market. I mean, granted, we got lucky with like the Whole Foods and that kind of stuff, but really, like it was not an active process like our medical training and later on our medical careers were. Um, but but the uh, financial effect was huge, and so. That got us thinking about um, how can we put this in our lives and continue to play on this. Like let's let's rinse and repeat this. And so we did right after we bought our forever home in San Diego about you know six months or um, quite quite quickly thereafter we bought an investment property in Palm Springs um, and it was a short term rental a big short term rental that we we put into service after that. So yeah, so that that's what started us off on the investment journey. Oh, that's amazing. And so let me ask you this, because when you uh, sell a home, and I know we're going to go into taxes uh, in a little bit, I know a lot of individuals are concerned about uh, capital gains, which is where you know you would have to pay taxes on the profits mm-hmm. uh, that you acquire from you know that big uh, revenue that you generated from that sale. So did you encounter capital gains or did you leverage uh, 1031 exchange tax strategy? You know, we weren't able to tap into the 1031 exchange because that home that we sold was a primary home. So we never used it as as an investment, even though, it, you know, in our minds, it became an investment. Right. Um, so we did have to pay some, some capital gains on it. Now I can't remember how much it was, but it was... Still, still okay. <laughs> still yeah, worked out yeah. okay. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And and congratulations to you. And I, what I hear uh, from a lot of investors right now is that well, those deals aren't happening now. And I know it's not as easy right. as it used to be because when we, you know, right. we're starting out back in 2017, 2018, yeah. the, there were deals to be had. Yeah, it's, sure it's, were. It's yeah, harder now. You have to be yeah. very strategic now for sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I know I, I I think that way too. And then I wonder like, you know, back then were like investors that had started, you know, in the 1980s, were they saying the same thing? Like, is it all going to be relative? <laughs> Are we going to look back on this time and be like, oh, why didn't we like, you know, capitalize on this, this decade or whatever. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to keep a positive mindset, but I totally agree with you. It's, it's definitely much harder than it was then. To yeah, absolutely. And you bring up a good point because like my, my house that we grew up in, in Miami, I'm from the inner city of Miami. So I remember uh, my dad telling me that this house, it you know they bought it for fifty thousand dollars. The yep. interest rate was twenty percent. Wow! 
Right. And so it took, it felt like a lifetime for them to pay it off, but they have a paid off house in Miami. Yeah, It's still in the hood, but it's worth half a million dollars now. So I'm like, what in the world, you know? So you're absolutely right. You know? So back then, um, a lot of people told them not to do it, you know, just keep being a renter, but I'm so grateful that they say, you know what we want a forever house. And, mm-hmm. you know, on their minimum wage, they're able to do that, you know, and now they're sitting on a really nice asset that they can awesome. do whatever they want to do, like sell it and, you know, uh, bring that revenue down to zero and enjoy their lives or, you yeah. know, give it out to us if they want to. But I just, I'm so proud of them. So you're right. Taking action, right? What, right. What's, what's the other alternative? Are we just going to sit around and say, well, this is not a good time to do anything? <laughs> I know, I know. You can either be the one who takes action or you can let like something, ha- life happen to you. Like you can either make life happen for you or life happen to you is like, yes. yeah, it's just like, yeah, we're, we're gonna, this is, this is the circumstance. So let's deal with the circumstance and continue to take action. Yeah, absolutely. Just the best action that we know to take. So I love that. All right. So let's talk a little, a little bit about you and all the things that you're up to, which I think is amazing. So you're a mom of three. Um, you have other extracurricular activities and you actually work quite part-time uh, right now in your career in medicine. Um, could you tell us a little bit about, before we dive into the being a mom of three, what is the um, contrast or are there any parallels that you see within medicine and in real estate investing? Yeah, good question. Okay, so I'm I'm a big advocate of organization. Um as you may <laughs> you may or may not realize. Um so yes. So I think that like in both in medicine and in real estate, organization is so key. Um, you know, I tell, I, I still work with med students and residents and um, you know, I tell the my like interns that come through on rotation, like you know, intern year is like, okay, yeah, you like, you're getting some clinical skill sets, like sick versus not sick. But um, a big part of it is just like executive functioning. Like you almost, almost like having had a background as a waiter or a waitress would better serve you for your intern year than Mm -hmm. having had a background of medical school, because you just, you, all of these things are coming at you and you have to kind of like, you know, synthesize and spit out an action plan. And, um, so, you know, in medicine, I, I really feel like that's a, that's a huge skill set to learn. And I also think in real estate investing too, like when you're in the middle of a deal and, um, just trying to weed through a lot of the, the junk that kind of comes through to you and, and synthesize this action plan and, and then take action on it because in, in medicine too, right. That's the parallel is like, you can't just be like, well, I think it's this and just not do anything about it when you're actually like the attending, like you can, maybe you can do that as a med student, but like when you're an attending, you actually have to like have an action plan and then do it. And real estate investing is a lot like that, right? Like it may not feel comfortable. You may not have Mm. all of the facts, like, but you're going to do the best that you can with this. Like, you know, especially when Mm. you you probably have had gotten back a gazillion inspection reports and you're like, shoot, like, does that mean like, does this crack mean this? Like mm-hmm. how far down the pathway do I like, do I travel to, to investigate this one little crack that the, <laughs> that the inspector found. <laughs> and like, sometimes you just kind of have to have a leap of faith, right? Like you're just yeah. like, these, this is the data that I have. And, and this is what I'm going to do with this data. Um, and I'm going to make the best decision possible with this data. And so I, th- I think it's really similar to being a doctor in that way. 
Oh, I absolutely love that. And you're right because, and things are ever evolving, right? Okay. So if the kidney levels aren't looking too good, let's go ahead and readjust. And we just adjust and adjust and adjust. Oh, I love the way you share that. Yes, you're absolutely, absolutely right. So as far as balancing it all, I know you're a mom of three and you have some pets as well (laughs) (laughs) and extracurriculars as well as, you know, some hobbies and some uh, special interests. So how do you strike a balance between all of the things and all of the seasons of life? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a really good question. And, you know, sometimes it looks like (laughs) sometimes it looks great. And other times it's just like a circus act. Like, you know, I have a lot of friends that'll be like, how do you like, yeah, how are you doing this? And it's like, it's all just a tap dance. Like, it's just smoking mirrors. (laughs) But for for reals, I mean, I, I think that I back to a mentor that I had in residency a lot where um, she said, you know, you can't have balance in a particular moment or day, even like these small Mm. amounts of time. It's just impossible, right? You're not like trying to multitask. You're not going to be reading an email and truly interacting with your kids at the same time, but you may be able to, you know, get your work done and then turn to your kids and truly interact with them. And so it's all about like these, the balance is more on a macro level. And so, you know, I'll have some weeks where I'm really like all in, like, like that real estate deal is calling my name and it's going to fall if I don't, if I'm not all into it right now. And in those, those weeks, you know, maybe my kids buy school lunch all, like Monday through Friday, like they're not eating homemade bread, you know, maybe <laughs> like God forbid. Um, but you know, the other things are kind of falling through the cracks. Try, I try to keep a, a, a steady level so that nothing really like dies when I, you know, mm-hmm. my plants stay alive, my animals stay alive, my kids stay alive. So there's a, there's a baseline that, that I have to keep, but you know, those, those weeks I'm really like laser focused on, you know, that real estate deal. And then the next week, maybe the kids, you know, maybe one kid is having a tr- hard time in school and I'm just laser focused on them. And just kind of, you know, treading water with my other stuff. And so, you know, when I look back at the end, at you know, when I reached the end of the year and I look back, it looks like I really did a lot. I really balanced a lot. But but in the moment, I was like laser focused on that task at hand. Oh, I love that. And so what I'm hearing is, is give yourself some grace, right? During those yeah. times where certain things are bubbling up to the top as you know, more critical than others. So Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. And so to the listeners who are moms and parents and caregivers, uh, as well as those who are medical professionals or engineers, we have uh, quite a few engineers in the community, which I love, right? And others who are just, you know, just really busy professionals. We have some nurses as well. Uh, what would you say is one big tip for them in terms of, you know, looking at diving into real estate, wondering, you know what, can I really add this additional, uh, you know, um, I would say hobby or extracurricular to my currently yeah. <laughs> busy life? 
Right. Well, you know, you have to think about what is the end game here, right? Like, so a lot of people, and I think in, in your audience, especially the, the end game is that they don't want to be so crazy in, in trying to like, yeah. you know, tread water and survive in their W2 job while they're like, you know, trying to get somebody to pick up the kids up from school and they're never able to like call in sick when their kids are sick. And, you know, it's like, that the end game right is for for real estate for a lot of us is is freedom like we want to we we probably most of us still love our jobs and you know I love my clinical job but you don't want to have to depend on it and so you're 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 trying to free yourself from that and so it is nice to kind of think bigger like think big big picture when you're like oh should i shouldn't i and yes it is going to be adding another thing to your plate um I, you know, one thing I, I didn't talk about with the balance is like outsourcing, like is key, <laughs> like, yes. like just outsource the crap out of your life. Like anything you don't like outsource it. Like you don't like to do laundry outsource it. And like, if, because if that stupid, like laundry pile is keeping you from like investing in a short-term rental that is potentially going to make you financially free 10, 10 years down the road, or maybe even sooner then then like the financial algorithm is just not working out right like like you've got to you've got to kind of think analytically like what do i have in my life that is keeping me from these bigger goals and how can i attack those things and and get them off my plate and there's no shame in having somebody do your laundry no truer words have been said. There's no shame in letting somebody else do your laundry, y'all. <laughs> the whole word. <laughs> Seriously, it's one of those things that hangs over you. You don't realize it, you know? And so just yeah. having that bit of organization, the laundry's done, it's folded, it's put away. It's like, yes. you know, mm-hmm. breath of fresh air. So Kirsten, that takes us to our next question, actually, because one thing that I tell my community that I love is ROI, return on energy, not just my return on investment with our real estate investing. So I want the ROI, but I also want the ROE rather, which is my return on energy. So I like both. Yep. And so one of the big ways that I have found out later on in my investing journey is that I can get a bigger return on uh, investment and return on energy by leveraging tax strategy. Mm-hmm. And so one of the big reasons we have you here on the show today is your app called Reps Tracker. And so the Reps Tracker app, I'm really excited to share with the with the community. Could you tell us a little bit about like what inspired you to uh, launch this app called Reps Tracker and how has it made life easier for you and other investors, especially those who are looking to leverage uh, the tax loopholes, tax benefits, a real estate professional status? Uh, could you talk to us about it? Yeah, yeah. Good question. So I'll back up a little bit and just in case I think probably most of your audience knows, like, you know, I won't go too far into the weeds with rep with real estate professional status and the short-term rental loophole, but I'll just like mm-hmm. touch on it um, since that's what my app is for. The reason why I um launched it was because I was in a situation um back in 2020 where um my clinical hours were cut considerably by myself because um, my kids were like many pe- people were they my kids were being homeschooled um, during the pandemic and so I just had to my husband's also a physician so we you know we had to choose I I I stayed home with the kids um, we already had these real estate and this real estate investing um, portfolio going on and we wanted to kind of 
you know, ramp it up even more. And I was now in a situation where I could do real estate professional status. Um, and I looked everywhere um, and I couldn't find um, really any anything that was um, going to take the like the time and the energy out of all of this documentation that you have to do for real estate professional status. Um, there was no app for that, which is crazy. Um, so, so I, I, you know, long story short, this is like really condensing it. I, I made an app um, called Reps Tracker. Initially, when I when I launched it, it was just for the real estate professional status, and then, um, you know, people started using it and um, being like, I I have a short term rental. I'm using your app for my short term for the short term rental loophole and just kind of modifying a little bit. And I was like, huh, well, that doesn't really like, I mean, that's great that you can do it. But like, the whole point is to make this easier for everybody, right? Like, I don't want I don't want you to have to like, go do multiple steps so that you can use my app for the short term rental loophole. So um, I added, a, a, you know, basically, you can use it as a short for the short term rental um, loophole too. It's basically you just toggle between the sides and whichever one you're you're um, trying to qualify for is the is the side that you're using. Uh, so the short-term rental loophole, basically, if you have a short-term rental that is rented out for seven days or less, and um, you can qualify for it. So if you um, if you can qualify for one of um, there's three like material participation tests that most people will use. Um, there are actually more, but the the three that most people use. So 100 hours and more than everybody else. So or anybody else, I should say. Um, so like cleaners, contractor, blah, blah blah. And this is like time spent on your rental unit or 500 hours of material participation. So spending time on your rental unit, or um, essentially you did all of it. So you don't have a cleaner, you don't have a property manager, you just, you're just the person. Um, so if you can qualify for one of those three tests, then basically what the short-term rental loophole can do for you is take your rental losses. And if we're in, if, if we're real estate investors here, most of us know that, that paper losses does not mean that you don't have a profitable real estate empire. It's just the way the tax code is written. You can you can declare paper losses um, and still have a very profitable um, rental um, portfolio. Um, yeah. So you can take oh, yeah. those. Yeah. So that's like <laughs> one of the power, one of the powers of real estate, right? So you can take those rental losses that would otherwise be considered passive in the tax law and you can combine them with your other income. So like W-2 professional income is like a real classic one. So you can combine it with your W-2 income. Otherwise, if you don't qualify for the short-term rental loophole, or if you're doing long-term rentals and you don't qualify for reps, then those two buckets are separate. So you, you're basically treating these two like income and expense buckets as totally separate in the in your end of the year taxes. So you want to be able to combine them so that then you can save money on your W-2 taxes and then you can keep all this money that you like paper loss money that you generated. And, you know, you may want to do cost segregation that really helps accelerate it and use that money that year to, you know, the goal is to just keep on rinsing and repeating, right? Like you take that money, you, you buy another unit, take that money, you buy maybe two more, like, and exponentially you just build and build and build your real estate empire. And, and hopefully, you know, you can accelerate this so that you can reach financial freedom way faster than you would have otherwise without using this this tax loophole. Hopefully that that wasn't too long of an answer. No, no, it's so good. And I and I so appreciate the innovativeness. Is, is that even a word? Innovative. <laughs> We're gonna make it a word. If it's not, it's gonna be one now. Right. But you know, I, I just love that because I think um we're in the era of the thinker. Like I wonder 
if anyone has something like this. And if they don't, let me go ahead and work on creating it. So good on you because it ends up helping the people, not just you. So thank you. Thank you for, for putting that together because, you know, just kind of collecting, you know, receipts here and there is, is a thing. And, you know, trying to document my travel on this notes app and every week it's like a different location, right? Let me, let me, you know, jot it on this spreadsheet here. Yeah. Let me jot it over there. Let me jot it. It's like, where was all of this information anyway? Yes. So I think, I think this is pretty awesome to be able to collect it all in one place. And I can't wait. I know tonight we're going to connect together so I can play with it some, some more and members of our community are already tapping in with the resource and we're in our buying cycle too. So we will be definitely um, log, logging into Ruff's Tracker. So thank you for that. So circling back a little bit, I know that you have some other creative outlets. Could you tell us a little bit about your dancing career, ma'am? Because that's really <laughs> intriguing to me. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I really like to create stuff. So probably that's part of like why I created this app, right? Like I'm I'm a creator in my heart. Um, and so sometimes that takes the form of like really like making sourdough bread. So sometimes it takes the form of like making sourdough bread or making like decorating a cake. Um, and you know, and other times, so I'm also a dancer and dance on stage. Um, and, um, that like art form of creating a dance that you present to somebody is, it feels, feels very similar to me as like baking a cake and presenting it to somebody and making an app and presenting it to somebody. It's just, I really like the process of creation and having an endpoint and seeing what it looks like. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's a big, big part of my life. That's awesome. And I think um, I was sharing with you a little bit earlier in the green room how I um, have been leveraging some of the design side of yeah. uh, the short-term rentals to be my creative outlet. And I think it really gives me a different outlook. So how does taking time out for whether it's dancing or baking your sourdough bread, um, which are amazing creative um, outlets, how do you think that helps you keep um, burnout at bay or how does it rejuvenate you? Yeah, yeah, good question. So, of course, all of this stuff takes time, right? But it, I think rejuvenating is probably a great way to put it. Uh, I just think that, like, it's it makes me feel like a multi-dimensional person. Like, we, you have one life, and and you know, this is this is I w want to be able to like experience it all, and I want to be able to, um, you know, get my energy from all these different sources, and maybe like me just like how I was blocking time before, like having laser focus on one thing versus another, like maybe sometimes my, you know, I'm not feeling very good about my dancing career or whatever. Then, then that's the time where I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to bake some sourdough bread or I'm going to like, <laughs> or, um, and so it's nice to have kind of multiple interests that I can kind of shift focus. If it maybe if something is not feeling super fulfilling at, in that moment, but yeah, I, I, I really love it as a mom and my kids um, see me doing all this stuff and, and they, it, I think it helps open them up to be like, well, we can, we don't have to go down this like science and medicine pathway. We can do this or we can do that. Like life is full of different opportunities and maybe you're not just like just a scientist. Maybe you're not like, you don't have to just pick one pathway. Like you can, you can dabble in a whole bunch of stuff and, and have fun with it. Um, and so I think it's it's helpful for my kids to see that too. I love that. And I know your household is filled with a lot of 
fun. You've got the three kiddos and a menagerie of pets as well. <laughs> yes, we have two chickens now. <laughs> two chickens. Yes. Oh, I love it. So any heartwarming stories related to real estate amongst your kids or are they seeing what you're doing with the property, say in Palm Springs? Any, like, what are their thoughts behind that? I know my kids are always curious and they want to know the numbers. My oldest one wants to know the numbers now, which oh, I think is hilarious. Cool. I know, yeah. 16. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do love it. We did um, this last summer, we kind of did this like, one of our vacations was like a tour of all of our houses, which at first they were like all in. And then they were like, all right, this is like, uh, this is getting a little bit boring. Um, <laughs> but, you know, obviously it was like tax write off too. So that was cool. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, they, they really, they really like it. Um, and, you know, I think one of our dreams as like a family and for myself is to, um, I, I think I mentioned to you before this that I really like, like I'm like a, a wannabe homesteader and, you know, yeah. so I like do all this like weird stuff, like, like baking sourdough bread and gardening and having chickens, all this kind of stuff. Um, but the, the, um, like the goal for our future may, it may be a far off goal. I'm not sure is to, um, start to invest in more like communities. So um, to, instead of like actually just, just one isolated house or unit or multifamily um, to make those multifamilies into more like of a, of a community type of place where maybe Mm. like they have a community garden, maybe they make their own food, maybe they like, you know, share childcare or resort or have shared resources. Um, And so that vision is really my, my kid's really like that vision as do I. So I think that tying that into real estate is um, really nice for our family, for our dreams and goals. Oh, I absolutely love that. So I, it actually ties into my next question was going to be what's next on the horizon for you in terms of what projects uh, that you may be excited about the most. And that sounds like it might be one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to do that. It might not be the next project, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's going to be somewhere in the pipeline. (laughs) I love it. Your why kind of keeps you going. Like when you know that that is your why is like, okay, yeah, I can deal with a few of these little kerfuffles. That's awesome. Exactly. So, and for our listeners who might be interested in learning more about reps tracker, um, would love to make sure that they're connected. I will be sharing our link in the show notes. But awesome. Kirsten, did you want to give any a heads up a little bit more about your, the app or how to best get connected with you? Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, if you want to just check out the website, it's uh, it's www.repstracker.com. Um, and um, you, also on Instagram, um, I'm at Reps Tracker. I also have another Instagram, um, Kirsten at Kirsten Invests. So it's K I R S T E N. It's not Kirsten. It's Kirsten. Um, Kirsten mm-hmm. Invests um, on Instagram. It's, it's uh, something very new that I that I launched recently. Um, but if you um, are listening to this um, and you use the promo code Gems, so G E M S, uh, because you know, as you know, why I would use that promo code here, um, you get ten percent <laughs> off. Uh, uh, reps tracker subscription. And, um, you also have a free trial, so you can, you can try it out with no, you know, no worries, or you don't have to enter a credit card or anything for the free trial. So you can just try it out, see if it works for your, your real estate investing needs. And, um, when it comes time to pay, put that gems promo code in and get 10% off. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. And Dr. Kirsten, 
Kirsten Limmer. (laughs) (laughs) It's just been an absolute pleasure having you here with us. Your story is an inspiration to many and a testament of what your passion, your dedication, and having the right tools Uh, how that can help someone successfully shift from demanding unorganized overwork, you know, to having, you know, a pathway, a way to really collect that information um, in a way that's going to be meaningful and helpful come tax season. So thank you so much for sharing your insight and your journey with us today. (laughs) Appreciate you. Thank you. you. Yeah, this is great. Thank you so much.